Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When God gives us a nudge to share with the good news of somebody, how do I respond? I ain't going up there and do it. No way. No God says way. Because you're not working by yourself. I've told you, I'll be with you. He never leaves us. So man's part is what? To be teachable and flexible. If God says, I'm going to stretch you, God knows best. He knows how to stretch all of us. We have to change to become more like him. Do you know that you're not alone today when you go to share the good news with others? Today, Pastor Mark will remind listeners of the power and working of the Holy Spirit in the life of a witnessing believer. We know that our mission is to seek and save the lost. Oftentimes, the enemy can plant seeds of fear and doubt in our minds, worried about how the listener will respond or how well we will convey the message. Be encouraged today that God is already at work on the hearts of others. We just have to be faithful and obedient to respond to the doors that he opens. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message, Sharing the Gospel, God's Part and Man's Part. As I begin to teach, there's two things that you're going to write down. First is, since we're co-laboring with God, God's part. What what is God's part in our life? What what does that look like? God's part. And I'll show you God's part. And then the second thing you're going to see is, what is man's part? What is your part? When when we're working together, what, what does that look like? And it's the same for you as it is for every Christian. Exactly the same. So we begin Acts chapter 10. Now, this is happening in Israel 2,000 years ago. At Caesarea, that would be in the north of Israel, right out of the Mediterranean, there was a man named Cornelius. He was a centurion which in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. And he gave generously to those in need And watch this, he prayed to God regularly. Now, Cornelius was a Gentile. He was a Roman. He believed in many gods. But somehow, he gets started on this journey for truth. And he'd moved away from that typical Greek culture of worshiping many gods, Zeus, Diana. And he came to believe in the the Jewish God, the, the God of Jehovah, the one true God. Now notice, he's a Gentile, 
And it, but he's a, a very good, moral, religious man who loved God, generous to the poor, and he prayed to God regularly. But there was something missing in his life. He didn't know what. He didn't have enough information to understand it because realistically, you'll see what was missing. The Jewish people didn't believe in what was missing. They thought if they had the one true God, everything was together. But he wanted to know more about God. See, being a good person, a moral and very religious person, isn't good enough. So God's part, you're going to see here in a moment, God's going to have a part, and he's going to open Cornelius's eyes, spiritualized, and give him the, here's the puzzle, salvation. He's going to give him the peace that's missing. Our world is missing this peace. Now, here's the first thing you want to write this morning. All of our campuses, Sebastian Vera, what was God's part? He's going to open eyes, Cornelius' eyes, to the truth. See, God is truth. He is truth. He is all truth. He's from the beginning. He's the alpha, the omega, all the way through. He knows truth. That's why we study the word of God. So God's going to see. He knows that He knows that this man, Cornelius, has made a great transition from many, many gods to one God, but there's a peace missing, and God's going to bring it to him. Now look, verse 3. One day, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Hey, you. Is that what the Bible says? No, what did he say to him? He knew his He knew his name. Do you know God knows your name? So here's a vision. Can you imagine? This guy's been a Greek. All his gods were stone. Now he has an angel before him. No kidding. But God's coming in a supernatural way to speak to him. Now watch what happens. And Cornelius stared at this angel in fear. What is it, Lord? So he knows it's from God, he asked. And the angel answered. Look at verse 4. Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Here's man's part. Cornelius has been praying. He knows something isn't exactly finished yet. He's been praying. Here's our part. When we pray, we need to expect God to answer. You see, by expecting God to answer, that means for us, as we're on this uh, VIO, is God will open doors for us. He'll he'll direct us. He'll give us a nudge. We'll know that we should reach out and speak to that neighbor, that coworker, that person in our neighborhood as we've been there, the classroom in school. See, how, how do I know I should expect God to answer? Well, first of all, if I'm praying for God to open a door, to, to invite someone to church or, or to speak to them about the gospel, or at least just to plant a seed, how you doing, what's happening, how do I know that God will answer that? Because his will is that how many perish? None. So when I pray in God's will, I know he will answer. Well, Pastor Mark, I'd like a million dollars in a new car. Good luck for that prayer. He's, he's not going to answer that. You know why? Because he knows that money will ruin you. God answers prayer when it's his will. And a lost person is always his will. So that's what we're to pray for in the morning. Now, verse five. What does the angel say? Now, send men to Joppa, which is going to be down south near Tel Aviv. To bring back a man named Simon, who's called Peter, he is staying with Simon, the tanner, whose house is by the sea. Now, here's something I don't understand, but I do now. The angel is in front of Cornelius. When God sent the angel here, why didn't he say to him? Now, here's the missing piece in Cornelius. Just tell him. Tell him what the missing piece is. Why is God sending way down south 
to get Peter to travel a day and a half by walking up there when the angel could have done it like that. Because God doesn't choose angels to share the gospel. He uses you and me. Now, in the book of Revelation at the end, we know when we study the book of Daniel, he will use one angel. That's because we're already in heaven. So you're here. And that's why the angel didn't give the gospel. Peter is going to have to give the gospel. Now watch. By the way, that which I just said to you, that responsibility of sharing the gospel is a privilege as well. Now look at verse 7. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier, who was one of his attendants, and he told them everything that had happened, notice this, and sent them to Joppa. Here's our part. Here's our part. Write it down. We're to listen to what God's saying to us and obey. Prayer is a two-way conversation with God. So God says through the angel, go get this guy named Peter. Bring him back here. So Cornelius gets it organized. He listens. He knows what God is saying. He's a servant of God. And he acts upon that revelation. Okay, God told me to do this. I really don't know the guy. Never met the guy before. I don't know why I'm sending here, but I'm going to do it. We listen and we obey. When that nudge comes, when I walk by the last day, I knew I'd have to step out. I'm listening to the Spirit speak to me. Now look at verse 9. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. So here's prayer again. Our part is to pray, two-way conversation with God. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. While the meal was being prepared, he fell into a, a trance, dear and Sebastian, and he saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to the earth on its four corners. And when he looked at the sheet, Look at verse 12. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as, as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Now, let me just stop here and give you a clarification. The Jewish people, still today, not all, but the very, very conservative, they, they eat kosher food. Well, it, kosher isn't exactly the same as you see. The kosher has to be blessed by the rabbis and all those things. But there's certain kinds of food. You go to the Old Testament, things you can't eat, shrimp, things like that. And these, all, every one of these animals were non-kosher, absolutely non-kosher. And so God brings this sheet down here. And you'll see in a moment, God isn't saying like, okay, I'm changing your diet. This is a spiritual application, spiritual application. So watch what happens. So Peter sees all of these strange four-footed animals, reptiles, whatever. And, and look what verse 13, Peter's having a two-way conversation with God. He's praying. Here's what he hears. Then a voice, basically from heaven, told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. You're hungry? Here it is. Now, here's what you want to write down. What's God's part? Answer our prayer and do and direct us to do his will. So the prayer that Peter's praying, we don't even know what the prayer is, but God comes to him and says, I'm going to teach you something. Here's what I'm directing you to do. So he's having a conversation with God. Now, Peter's looking at this. And watch what he replies in verse 14. This is an oxymoron. Surely not, Lord. It's like saying this. God, you're my boss. No way I'm doing this. That's what he said. He said, I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. I ain't going to start now. And then the voice spoke to him a second time. God's patient with us. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times. 
And immediately the sheep was taken back to heaven. Peter has trouble with threes. You see it all through scripture, remember? Denied the Lord three times. And then when Jesus restored him, remember? Jesus said to him, do you love me, Peter? Yeah. Do you love me, Peter? I just answered you. Yeah. Do you love me, Peter? Well, cut it out, would you? Yes, three times. Here he is, three times. Now, when you look at that, what is, what is God trying to do? This is God's part for us. Here it is, write it down. He wants to stretch us with new truth. He was bringing something radically new to the life of Peter as a Jewish man. Peter doesn't get it yet. He's going to challenge Peter, not about the food. The Jewish people, so you know the history. Still, some Jewish people believe that today, but most don't. When God created the nation of Israel, he created Abraham as the head. Abraham was a pagan. And he said to Abraham, through you, which would be the Messiah would be coming. All the world will be blessed. He's talking about Jesus Christ, the Savior. How much of the world? All the world. Would that include Gentiles and Jews? Of course. But the Jewish people thought, no, no, no. We're God's people, and they are. The nation of Israel is God's nation. The city of Jerusalem is God's nation. But he grafted us in. And the gospel was never meant, the good news, going to heaven was never meant just for Jewish people. It was meant for the whole world. But the Jews didn't get it. In fact, Jews were, well, when they looked at Gentiles, we were unclean. You wouldn't even walk with a Gentile. You wouldn't go in a house of a Gentile. No way. That was just unheard of. So Peter is going to have to learn a lot of new things. And God is stretching. We're all learning new things. We have to stretch away from old habits. You know, habits, old habits are hard to die. Now, when God gives us a nudge to share with the good news of somebody, how do I respond? No way. I ain't going up there and do it. No way. No, God says way, because you're not working by yourself. I've told you, I'll be with you. He never leaves us. So man's part is what? To be teachable and flexible. If God says, I'm going to stretch you, God knows best. He knows how to stretch all of us. We have to change to become more like him. Now, while Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. Remember, they don't have an iPhone. They don't have GPS. I thought when I was driving in a strange town a while ago, how did we do this before iPhones? We had maps. Remember those maps? That caused divorce after divorce after divorce. It says to turn right here. I know this map. The map was 12 years old. I don't even know where I'm going. Whatever. Let's come back to the teaching. <laughs> and they called out and asked if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision. Look at me. Peter doesn't understand the vision yet. But he's going to obey God. You don't have to understand everything God tells you to do. If he says, way, just do it. Because God will eventually explain it to us. So he knows God has said it to him, but watch what happens after this. Look at this verse again. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, say these next two words with me. The, the what? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God, the third person of the Trinity, said to him, Simon, three men, when he heard three, probably, oh, great, here we go. (laughs) Three men are looking for you. So get up. The Spirit's directing him. 
Go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with him, for I have sent them. Now, let's go back to the beginning of the story. What, have we, what, what role has God played so far? He sends an angel supernaturally to Cornelius. And he, and he tells him to go get this guy, Peter. Peter's up. He's eating. He has a vision. And God says to him, hey, we have a great conversation. Here's what you need to do. Go downstairs, do this. No way, wait, no way, wait. So finally he goes, and the spirit then says, it's okay, it's okay. You're going to learn something new. Go ahead, go downstairs. And Peter is told exactly what to do. Three guys are going to be there. You go with them. Now, that's a problem. These three guys are Gentiles. He didn't want to go with them. He would never go with them. He's going to go in the Gentile house. Even something more amazing, you know what happens? He's understanding being led by the Spirit. See, you're not doing life alone. When you became a Christian, the Holy Spirit came to live in you. And he speaks to us, primarily through the Word. But he's the one that gives us the nudges. He's the one that does it. Now, I want you to write this down this morning. God's part is to lead us by the Holy Spirit. What is my part? To expect to be led by the Holy Spirit and obey. Remember, I am not doing life alone. Either are you. You have God in you. Now, those of you that are not Christians yet, today will be an opportunity for you to accept Christ. Because you're trying to do life alone. It doesn't work. I do life with God. Not perfectly. Far from it. But I know what it means to be led by the Spirit. You know what it means to be led by the Spirit, especially as we're learning to witness and share. So here's what's happened. The Spirit says to Peter, go down. These guys are fine with you. Everything's going to be good. And he goes down. But he does something even more surprising. Look at verse 21. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Look how clueless he is. Why have you come? He still doesn't get it. And the men replied, we have come from Cornelius the centurion. Of course, Peter's saying, who? Cornelius doesn't know Peter. Peter doesn't know Cornelius. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to have you come to his house so that he could hear what you had to say. Then Peter does something way out of his character. Never has done it before. He invited the men, the Gentiles, into the house to be his guests. See, sometimes change just starts slowly. Way, no way, way, no way, no way, no way. Go ask the three guys, okay. Okay, come on into the house. Never before. New change, new change. The next day, Peter started out with them, even worse. He's going to walk a day, a day and a half with three Gentiles, which he never would have done. But look who joins him. Some of the brothers, some of the other Jewish brothers from Joppa went along. Now, the following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Now watch this. They, they start out, they go there, they arrive in Caesarea, and look what you see here. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. So does Cornelius know what's going to happen? Not really. He just knows God sends for this guy called Peter. And, and so what does he do? This is amazing. He's not a Christian yet. He's missing a part. You'll see what part he's missing. He believes in God. He's a good moral person. He prays. He gives to the poor. So he's going to do something that's amazing to me. He's going to witness to his loved ones, relatives, and friends. He says, I want you to come because somebody's coming to the house. How does he know he's coming? You know, they didn't phone. We're on our way. 
He doesn't know they're coming. He just believes God. God told him to do it. Peter's going to come. I believe you. So he goes to his friends. Can you imagine going to your neighbors? And by the way, they're going to be all Gentiles. And they know he's changed. He's a believer in God. And so he goes over. He says to his relatives, uh, we're going to have a little party probably tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening. Not sure of the time yet, but I want you to come. Well, why should we be there? I really don't know. But you need to be there. I mean, is that bold? So how does, how does he invite them? Put your hand up. Put your finger right up. Just put it up to your mouth. How does he invite them? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's our mouth. It's our mouth. He opens his mouth. We heard it last week, remember? And he says, I'm inviting you to the 1045 service at Calvary Chapel. That's basically what he's saying. He's never been to a 1045 service. That's pretty bold. He doesn't even know what's going to happen, but he's following what God, he expected that to take place. See, do you understand this? He boldly opens his mouth and invites relatives and friends. One of the greatest things you can do is invite a relative, a friend, a neighbor, a coworker to come to church. Do you know, we've, I've watched these studies for many, many, many years. It never changes. The majority of people in the United States still today will come to church with you at least once when you invite them. It may not be the week you invite them, but most people will come because they're really searching and they will come with you. And so this is what happens. So here he is. He's opened his mouth. He was bold and God will use you. By the way, lots of people are bringing people to church. Some of you are all new at this campus and all our campuses. Somebody invited you. Why do they invite you? Because they care for you. They love you. They, they want you to understand what they found. Their life has been changed. So here he is. He does all of this crazy stuff. And I think it's great. Look at, at, at verse 25. Now here's the second thing Peter's never done. He's never gone into a house of a Gentile. His whole life. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. So he bows down to him. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I'm only a man myself. Here's what you need to understand. This is man's part. Huge part to write down. Be humble when God uses us. He said, Pastor Mark, you're just seeing me, man. I witnessed and Man, I was fantastic. You're in trouble. If the spirit doesn't help you, you're in trouble. And God hates pride. You know what Peter could have said? You know, Peter, that, that's a pretty difficult thing for Peter. Peter's a proud guy. You know, when any God asked, Jesus would ask, do you have any, any answers to that? Pete was always there. Problem is, he's always changing feet in his mouth. He's always answering wrong. Can you see Peter on this day as he bows down? Well, you do recognize who I am. Thank you. Just stay there a moment. Let me give you a little history. I was one of the three special friends with Jesus. Yes. No, Peter says what? I'm just a, a man. Every Christ follower is teamed up with God. Today we learn from Pastor Mark that as believers, we're not alone in sharing the gospel. God's part is to open eyes to the truth and direct us to his will. Man's part is to listen, obey, and expect God to answer. How encouraging it is to know that the Holy Spirit is our biggest teammate and helper in accomplishing the purpose and mission that we were all created for. 
You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. When God gives us a nudge to share the good news with someone, how do we respond? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will encourage listeners to be teachable and flexible to the leading of the Holy Spirit. God is always at work around us and inviting believers to join Him in His work. To stay on mission, we must be aware of His promptings and be obedient to whatever commands He gives. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is given